1: Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Jerry is absent, but we're still making do. We're muddling through with short stuff, like I said. I said it twice, which was redundant. And as everyone knows, it's a huge waste of time in short stuff, so we're going to have to cut out a few facts.
0: That's right. But the first thing we need to do is decide on what we call this thing. Do you know what they called it? Who's they? American Airlines. Oh, like, like is do you pronounce both A's? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was more just for looks. So it's A air pass. No, I think it's just air Pass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, just so people don't think we're crazy, what we're talking about is a program where American Airlines wanted to uh, and did, in fact, sell people lifetime tickets, unlimited first-class travel, and they called it AAA. I R P A S S, and I just don't know whether to call it AA Air Pass or AA Air pass or A Air pass.
1: I like the way I said it the most. It's
0: got a, little, it's got
1: a little mustard on it. Yeah. But we'll, All just, right. we'll, we'll call it Air Pass. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, like think about this for a second. Unlimited first class travel for the rest of your life. Anytime you want to fly anywhere, you just show up, flash your card get on the plane. I think you had to book first or whatever. But in addition to that, you also had, you got frequent flyer miles as if you needed them that you would rack up with each flight. You also had a lifetime membership to the Admirals Club, which was um, American Airlines. um, Said their lounge or whatever? I guess Sky Club is what you call it. But yeah, yeah, their lounge, their VIP lounge at the airports. Um, So you could have a pretty cushy experience you know, with this thing. The the thing is, is not everybody could afford it. Um, it was a very expensive thing to buy at the time and, and remained such as long as they were selling it for until I think 1994.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess we should point out the reason they did this was because there was a time in the 1970s and the early 80s where uh, air travel was not doing so great. The airlines were suffering in a lot of ways. Yep. Uh, their revenues were way down. And they said uh, there was a uh, deregulation act of 1978, and American Airlines actually posted a $76 million loss in 1980. Yeah, So they're like, we got to do something here. Why don't we see if there are some rich people out there that would buy into this deal? And there were. Yeah, and, and I mean,
1: rather than go borrow it, the mar- like interest rates were really, really high. So they this made a lot of sense to just go turn to consumers and say, "Hey, you want to basically prepay for a lifetime of first class travel?" Yeah. And they figured that probably, like, they could go to, you know, um, really well-heeled firms to say, "Hey, you got some top employees who fly a lot. This actually would probably make sense." And I think they were successful in that in that um, respect. But some famous people bought it too. Willie Mays had one. Sure. Uh, Mark Mark Cuban still has his. He said it was the one of the best purchases he's ever made. Oh, I bet. Um, Michael Dell, founder of Dell Computers, had one um or still May. Um and ultimately twenty-eight people bought into this thing, which cost at uh at, at the beginning when they started offering it in nineteen eighty one, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And then you could add a companion pass for another hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, so let's let's talk about the money for a minute. Okay. Um two hundred fifty plus one fifty is four hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money, to be sure. (laughs) Yeah. But if you've got some dough and you like to travel or have to travel, it's a great deal. Yeah, it really is. It's a
1: fantastic deal because if you travel enough, this thing's going to pay for itself. Oh, yeah. Potentially within just a few years, depending on how much you travel. And if you travel a lot, like you're a super traveler, you could conceivably make this thing pay for itself within a single year.
0: Yeah, so that's the first uh, offer, as they laid out there, 250 grand plus 150 for the companion. They realized, wow, we didn't charge enough. So eight, oh, let's see, nine years later, they said, all right, how about $600,000? dollars mm Including the companion, so that's an extra two hundred grand. Right. Then in nine ninety three, they bumped it to one point zero one million. Yeah, that extra ten thousand
1: ma- dollars was super important at that point.
0: I think they were. They must have been doing some really specific math to yeah. come to that, though, right?
1: I, I would. I would guess so. Like no one in the history of the world has ever charged one point zero one million dollars for anything. <laughs> no. It's weird.
0: Uh, and then I think at the very end and two I can't believe this lasted this long in 2004 their final offering uh, was in a Neiman Marcus catalog at 3 million bucks plus 2 mil for your companion
1: yeah and in between 1994 and 2004 they just stopped offering it altogether but they trotted it out back one more time in 2004 for that Christmas catalog
0: but nobody bought it.
1: As far as I know, no one bought it. So I think the number that I ran across, so there's some really good articles on this. There's one by Zachary Crockett on uh, The Hustle. Uh, there's another one by uh, Ken uh, Benzinger from the Los Angeles Times. And uh, the number that I saw is 28. There's 28 people who ever bought a Air Pass, a
0: A Air Pass. How many? 28. Two Aider. I'm surprised it wasn't more to be frank
1: I'm a little surprised too, and the, the thing is that some of these people bought it and I think really didn't get their money's worth out of it. But then there were a couple of people there were a few people, a small handful who got so much of their money out of it that American Airlines said, uh, we can't take this. Remember how we said that you had a lifetime pass we 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 we're We're going back on that deal, and uh, I think we should take a break and then we'll talk about those guys right after this, okay Let's do it. Hey, everyone. Host Nora McInerney is back for season two of The Head Start, Embracing the Journey, a podcast from Ruby Studio and Abvi. In each episode, Nora has real conversations with real people living with chronic migraine to see how they take action to understand the disease.
0: That's right. Recognizing how a migraine attack can change the course of your day, she unpacks each guest's journey and how they talk to their doctors to find the treatment plans that are right for them.
1: Yep. Along with headache specialist, Dr. Christopher Ryan and other special guests, Nora speaks to these incredible people who've channeled their feelings of isolation in their chronic migraine journey into advocacy and art. Plus, there are also eight episodes of their first season available for you to
0: binge. So jump into the conversation for season two, a show that creates a little more space for empathy and understanding in such a complicated world. There shouldn't be so much hesitation around asking questions and asking for help. So don't wait. Join The Head Start embracing the journey as they learn a little bit more about life with chronic migraine. Hey there,
1: are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But You can drink water as clean as nature intended.
0: Richard's Rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater.
1: Yep, that means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no
0: microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com, and we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh?
1: Yeah, text stuff to two five one two nine two eighty eight eighty seven, and you'll get two dollars off a twelve-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. All right, Chuck, let's talk about Jacques Froom and Stephen Rothstein.
0: Yeah, so these were a couple of people who became pretty prominent in this whole, I almost called it a scam because somehow it seems like it.
1: It's got a uh, flavor to it for sure.
0: It does. So Stephen Rothstein, he bought his pass in 1987. Uh, he was an investment banker for Bear Stearns. Uh, And then there was Jacques Varoum, like you said, and he was a direct marketing catalog consultant. Mm -hmm. He actually took out a loan, $400,000 loan at 12% interest over five years to get his in 89. Right. And these guys, (laughs) boy, did they travel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they both made fun of something, uh, that that part in um, up in the air where George Clooney gets congratulated for hitting the 10 million mile mark. Right. They just both kind of scoffed at it. They're like, we don't even remember when we hit that mark.
0: Yeah, they hit that by like July of the first year. Basically. I think one of them,
1: I think uh, Vroom has an estimated 38 million miles traveled to his name, and Rothstein has about 30 million.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of miles, and you would think like— even if you like to travel, you can't go on that many trips and like vacations and things. So, and you're kind of right, but here's what some, some of the things these guys were doing like Vroom was like, "Uh, you know what? I need a babysitter here in Dallas. Uh, so I'm going to (laughs) fly to Washington DC and pick up my father-in-law bring him back here so he can babysit tonight, yep. and I'll just fly him back afterward.
1: That's exactly what he would do. Yeah, he once, he once flew to London to get two tires for his motorcycle because it was cheaper than um, paying for the freight shipping.
0: Uh, let me see here. July 2004, in one month, Rothstein flew 18 times to places like Nova Scotia, uh, Miami, London, Los Angeles, Maine, Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. New York. Yeah, and so, like, this was,
1: like... Flying for these guys was a lifestyle. Like it was part of their life. It was actually kind of like the center of their life. They both had families, but they both had families that knew that they were going to be probably in a different country just about every day of the week. It was just what they did. And so, American had not planned for guys like this to buy the Air Pass. This was not part of the original plan. Um, so, when they started to realize that Vroom and Rothstein were each, each, costing them about a million dollars a year in travel, they decided that they needed to find a way to basically cancel their air passes. And so they got an elite task force on this, the, um, the revenue integrity team, and said, go find a way to get rid of these guys' passes.
0: Yeah, because there were obviously rules, but not enough, uh, because they were doing things, and it wasn't just them. There were other people in the program doing things mm-hmm. like— booking multiple trips in case, like, their one vacation didn't work out, or they changed their plans last minute. They could just jet on over to Paris instead of Hawaii. Or, I don't really like flying uh, with anybody, so I'm just going to book my companion seat to be empty on every single trip. Exactly. Yeah, and again— Basically like, what I would do.
1: Yes, right, what what a lot of people <laughs> would do. And they were definitely not the only ones doing this. And from from, you know, the rules that AA had— It was not against the rules. AA didn't like it because they they couldn't sell that seat and they, you know— um, had trouble filling a seat when it was, you know, their extra flights were canceled at the last minute um, because these people didn't pay cancellation fees. So, but there there wasn't anything they could get them on. The one that they went after these guys for was selling their extra companion pass. Right. And it turns out, like, they both did. They both gave away their companion passes to total strangers pretty frequently. Um, Vroom had a habit of finding people who uh, suffered from AIDS, HIV-AIDS. And this is back in, like, the 80s and 90s. Um, when it was a totally different jam, and he said, "You know, hey, let me uh, let me fly with you, and you can go see your family for free." It's amazing. But they also—they it really is. They also definitely sold them too. Vroom made a hundred grand alone from just one couple, or one couple alone paid him that much um, to shuttle them back and forth to Europe. So they were both definitely making money off of this on the side too, and that's what American went after him for.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like for that one couple, he was just acting as their de facto travel agent at one point.
1: Yeah, and almost de- travel agent slash escort too.
0: Yeah, I'll fly. Well, because he kind of had to fly with him, right? That's my understanding of it. Yeah. So, if you read some of these articles, uh, you can read from Caroline Rothstein, who was, I believe, his daughter, and she said, "You know what? Like, my dad gets a bad rap. Um, sure, he sold some." But it's not like he was out there getting rich off this, and it's not like there was anything in the policy at all saying they couldn't do it because they got the first version, which did didn't say anything about selling him. I guess they didn't think ahead, right? And then later, and further subsequent contracts, they pointed out that you couldn't do it. But she was like, they didn't break any rules, even.
1: No, they didn't, and um, uh, so American just basically said, well we still say you're 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 abusing your passes and they terminated both of them and so some lawsuits lawsuits started going back and forth um and then american's parent company filed bankruptcy and so from everything i could find those lawsuits are now still sitting out there in like legal limbo but neither man has their air pass anymore and so you might say you know Oh boohoo, these guys made their money back many times over with all the travel they did. And you know, they kind of almost seemed like they took advantage of AA and played them for chumps. But Carolyn Rothstein, Stephen Rothstein's daughter, says, like, my dad lived to travel or lives to travel. I believe he's still alive. Um, and he he was basically lost his life when American took away his his air pass. And much the same for Jacques Vroom, too. Like, all that guy loved to do was travel. That was what he loved to do. And that, that's why one of the reasons he would travel so much.
0: Yeah, I got a couple of feelings about that. One is you, you make this deal with American Airlines. They should have honored it for life. Yeah. Uh, but the other also is like, these guys could still travel. They just got to pay for it.
1: Right. Well, yeah, it's true. No, for sure, it's not like they're like. It's not like like they barred them.
0: (laughs) Right. I bet. I bet they didn't fly American Airlines ever again, though.
1: I would guess not. But yeah, I I just have the impression that it was a very bitter pill for both of them to small to swallow. And they both, I think, feel like they were targeted because they were among the least wealthy air pass holders, so they made easy targets. But they were also probably among the two that were the. using it far and away the most, too. So, who knows? But uh, as far as I know, it's not really resolved legally, but I'm guessing as far as American Airlines is concerned, it's done. Totally. You got anything else?
0: I got nothing else. I never heard of this. This It's super interesting.
1: I love it. Uh, If you uh, want to go learn more about this, go check out Zachary Crockett's stuff. He is a writer. I don't know if he still is or not, but a longtime writer for Priceonomics and uh, others. And he just really does a great job of of finding really interesting stuff and writing about it. So um, hats off to him. Hats off to the LA Times and to Carolyn Rothstein for publishing all these great articles. And hats off to you for listening to Short Stuff. Adios.